You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Hey, we are going to start a a new part of our series. Uh, If you remember two months back, we started a three-part series, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So today we are going to launch part one of God the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit? If you do say amen, or my hope is that as we lay foundations of theology for us and understanding who God the Spirit is, it's not just that we know of him. Please hear my heart. It's that we know him. This has always been God's desire that we know God, every attribute of who he is, every part of who he is. And I think now more than ever, we need to know who God the Holy Spirit is. Uh, Francis Chan wrote, a book called about the Holy Spirit called the forgotten God. And if you think about this, there's, there's this really lack of understanding, a lot of mystery around God, the spirit, a, a lot of prejudices about God, the Holy Spirit, and, and a lot of things that people don't like to really dive into because there's things that are controversial. There are things that are uncomfortable. There are things, I mean, just think about this. When you think of God of the old Testament, And you think about the power that God demonstrated throughout the Old Testament scriptures. How many of you know that some of that stuff kind of is controversial? I mean, you think the the ground opening up and swallowing people. I mean, that's pretty controversial. You think of uh, the the book of Judges and some of the things that that happened. I mean, um, um, Samson, I mean, when he pushed over the pillar and then this whole thing collapses and then slays the entire, you know, um, Philistine courtyard. I mean, it's, it's when you think about the mysteries of God and the controversial things of God, sometimes we, as people like to stay away from those things that we don't understand. And I think God, the spirit, because he is God and because he is mysterious and because there's, there's depths and, and, and levels to an understanding of who he is, we stay away from those things. And so it is my hope that we can dive in, that we can lean in to understand who this God that we worship is. Um, Back in in the fourth century, there was responses to the heresies that were taking place in the church. And so what what I mean by heresies, is it's just just things that are completely against the word of God. They they were wrong. They they were leading people astray. And these are heresies. And so, I mean, uh, you've probably um, have heard, you know, just different doctrines that take you away from Jesus. Putting anyone over Jesus as Lord would, would be a heresy. You know, anything um, that, that would create the foundations underneath us to be shaky, those are, are heresies. And so in response to these heresies, there was these um, councils that came together. And the first one was in the fourth century. And, and this creed was developed. It's called the Nicene Creed. And so both the Eastern Greek Orthodox and the Western Latin Orthodox Church adhered to this creed. And um, it, it, it established foundations of doctrines they believed that the church could not waver on. And so I don't, I don't believe that we should be a creedal people, that where we make a creed and then this creed becomes or trumps the word of God. The word of God is our creed. Can you say amen to that? So we believe what the word of God says. We read it. We allow the Holy Spirit to, re- to reveal the truth within it. And then we, to the best of our ability through the Holy Spirit's power, walk this thing out. These creeds were developed, I believe, as, as kind of tools and highlights to keep us centered. They weren't meant to replace the word of God. They were just highlights to keep us centered. And so um, th- this creed that came about um, was to help us with these doctrines, but most more specifically to help us with, with the Trinitarian understanding of God. The understanding of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, existing in three persons, but yet still being one. So this is where we've been in these last couple of months, and our understanding now leading us to God the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Nicene Creed um, states as a, as, a, as a creed or a statement of belief. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and in earth, all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, 
begotten from God the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the, uh, of the same essence of the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to life in the world to come. Amen. This was the Nicene Creed. These were the doctrinal foundations that the church felt like we cannot waver on. Um, I don't want to confuse anyone by those statements, Catholic and apostolic church. Before those became denominations, those were words that defined something. So Catholic meaning all encompassing one entire church. And so that the, when, when you read the word Catholic, their understanding meant the, the all encompassing church, every church under one banner being called the Catholic church, the Catholic Western Orthodox church eventually became the, the denomination, the Catholic church. And so now when we think of Catholic, we think of um, you know, the traditional Catholic church that most of us might know. Same with the apostolic church, the apostolic church, the denomination of the apostolic church started in the early 1900s. And so sometimes when you think of the apostolic church, you can think of various things denominationally. It's not talking about that Catholic meaning all encompassing church. We believe in the Holy church of God, right? The entire church, the body of Christ and apostolic meaning the sent ones, those who go on behalf of Jesus. So these were the theologies or, or the doctrines that they were laying as foundations for the church. What was happening was any time man gains control over religious practices, we lose our way. Any time man tries to put his hands on a movement of God, we lose our way. And this is what was happening. And, and what the, the Holy Trinity eventually became, listen, friends, as the church became powerful and, and, and as she began to, you know, really want to control the people, it became God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Church. Cutting out God the Spirit and raising the church to a place that was over God. And how many of you know that that isn't the way God is building it? And so these foundations had to be reset and there had to be an understanding of who God the Spirit was because God the Spirit, listen friends, is still Lord on earth. God the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit was given to us by Jesus, not, not to be, uh, um, uh, well, let me get into the scriptures. John chapter 14, verses, uh, we're going to read a few scriptures here, and I'll walk through them all. Let's just, for the sake of time, dive right into it. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit here in this portion of scripture, and he's still in his ministry. It's full on. You can read this in the gospel. He's, he's in the middle of ministry still. He has not ascended into heaven. This is his promise. And he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. Can you say another? Another advocate, meaning I am your advocate now. I am here on earth with you. God, Emmanuel, God with us. I will send you another advocate who will never leave you. This word advocate here is, is in the Greek would be paraclete. And, and, and that word paraclete means he who comes alongside. Now I want to really define this because I think sometimes people in their practices or their engagement with the Holy Spirit believe like the Holy Spirit does our bidding and our will. 
And if Holy Spirit is God, then God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't bend a knee to us. We bend a knee to him. I've heard even in prayers, people say, Holy Spirit, can you just do this? I mean, we, we don't order the Holy Spirit to do anything. The Holy Spirit is God and he does what he wants to do. The advocate who comes alongside is not to do our bidding. He comes alongside to empower and encourage us to continue to do the Lord's bidding. Are you with me? So he say, so this is the, the advocate, the comforter, the encourager, the counselor. These are the roles of God, the spirit. Verse 17, he is Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Can you say all truth? This is what God, the spirit does. He leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. If that isn't evident in today's world, I don't know what is. The world doesn't recognize truth anymore. It's truth is subjective. Truth, truth now is whatever you make it. How many of you have heard someone say, hey, well, what's true for you is true for you. And what's true for me is true for me. We can just, you know, uh, agree to disagree. That, that's the world today. But now with council culture, you cannot believe something that other that the masses don't believe because if you don't believe it, then you get counseled. So it's not even this truth that we have taken truth and we have tried to monopolize it. And the truth that the world is leading us into is not the truth of God almighty. And we need the Holy spirit more than ever to lead us into listen, friends, all truth, all truth. The world cannot receive him because it is not looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him. How do you know him? Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And this is a promise from Jesus to the disciples at this time that eventually the infilling of the Holy Spirit will come and you will then be the temple of the living presence of God. Isn't this powerful? So A, the Holy Spirit leads to all truth. If it isn't truth, friends, listen, then God's not in it. You can think about things in the world today, and, and, and there's so many gray areas where people don't understand. And I'm talking about e even things that sneak their way into the church. If it isn't truth, then God's not in it. Then the Holy Spirit isn't there. He leads into all truth. B, the Holy Spirit dwells amongst us. The Holy Spirit is present here now with us because Jesus promised this. But then he also promised not will he only dwell amongst us, he will dwell in us. In us. Look at your neighbors. They're in you. In you. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell within. Verse 18, Jesus says, No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I leave you, um, also will I live. I'm sorry. Since I live, you also will live. Verse 20, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father and that you are in me, and that I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 22, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, why are you going to re uh, reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me and remember my words are not my own. When what I am telling you is from the father who sent me, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. Listen to verse 26. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, when the father sends the Holy spirit, listen, friends, this is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. So here's D for this passage. The Holy Spirit is sent by Jesus as a gift from God. The Holy Spirit has been given to those who follow Jesus as a gift from God. He, Jesus, Jesus was an exact representation of God, the Father. The Holy Spirit is the exact representation of Jesus. Isn't this powerful? 
three and one. This is how they reveal themselves to us. F, if you're taking notes, he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything. He is going to teach us everything. We think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul never walked with Jesus. And somehow when he's on his road to Damascus to go and um, uh, torture the Christian church, the Holy Spirit smacks him off his horse. Jesus reveals himself to Apostle Paul. And then later on, Paul's testimony is, I didn't learn this from men, but from God himself. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us everything. And then G, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that Jesus has said. I mean, this, these are powerful things that we just can't glance over. These are elements to our faith walk with God and our understanding of who Jesus is that we might not know are there, but this is happens through God, the spirit. How many of you have ever been witnessing to someone and feel like you're getting stuck for words and somehow the power of the Holy spirit comes upon you and then you're able to speak. Somehow you start spitting out verses that you didn't even know you remembered, right? You might not know the address in the book and everything like that, but you know the verse and then you're sharing these things. This is what the Holy spirit does. He reminds us, of everything that Jesus has said. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. We have to understand that God, the spirit is a gift. This spirit, this gift brings peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is coming and I want you to know when he comes, you're going to see everything that I have said just really just come linked together and it's going to all make sense. And eventually we read this in, in the book of Acts, everything that Jesus said has come true. Um, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches he has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Um, just a, a, a wonderful portion of scripture. But listen, friends, there's some truths here that I want to I pull out to us about God, the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says this. The earth was formless and empty. And the darkness covered the deep water and the Spirit of God. Can you say Spirit of God? The spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I believe this is the first time we see the Holy Spirit in scripture. Verse two, all the Holy Scripture, Holy Scripture, verse two, and here we encounter the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of the living God was hovering over the waters. This is, this is a pattern that we, see, that we see happen time and time again in scripture. What's about to happen is the Holy Spirit is hovering and God is about to speak things into existence. It's amazing how God, the spirit, Holy spirit goes forth first, begins to move. God speaks and things happen. This is a pattern that we see throughout scripture. Holy spirit moves. God, the father speaks before God spoke life into, um, into a dark formless void. The Holy spirit moved before the pro prophet spoke. The Holy spirit moved before Jesus started his ministry. The Holy spirit Mood before the apostles start their ministry, the Holy Spirit moves before the people of God. Listen, friends, are mobilized. The Holy Spirit moves. So he goes before. He is God. He prepares the way. We follow in line. Luke chapter eleven verses nine through thirteen read like this. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will open to you for everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks on the door, it shall be open. How many of you know this song or this song, this verse, I was going to sing this song when you were a kid. Did you have the seeking first the kingdom of God? It was an old song. I'm into old songs right now. Sorry guys. Um, we love this verse because, man, man, I really want something from God. I go right to this verse, right? And I was like, I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to get that spouse. I'm going to get that blessing, whatever it is, right? We, and, and I'm not saying that you can't apply this portion of scripture to that, but listen to the whole context. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? 
If they ask you for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him? I'm going to ask you a question. It's a rhetorical question, but I do want you to process this. When's the last time you asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you asked for the presence of God the Spirit to infill you, to envelop you, to surround you? When's the last time you, you couldn't feel God and you knocked and you knocked and you knocked and you asked and you asked and you asked so that you can experience God the Spirit here now? This is what Jesus was encouraging the disciples with. This is what he was telling them. Yes, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Yes, we're talking about physical needs. And yes, God is a God who, who, who will bless your physical needs. But he is talking about so much more. God, the spirit. The question I was, I was doing a study on this was really, why do I need to ask for the Holy Spirit? Like if God wants me to have the Holy Spirit, like why do I, I need to ask? Why, why, why doesn't he just you know, do the infilling for me? Or why doesn't he just like baptize me, you know, so I don't have to, you know, worry about the whole thing. Like, I mean, I, I've seen people, a lot of people get stressed out about baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you think about baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like water baptism. You have to accept and respond. Can you say amen to that? Right? God does not force anything on us. We have to ask. When we receive Jesus into our hearts, what do we do? We asked when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, same thing. We ask. So why do I need the Holy Spirit? If you're taking notes, I would love for you to chart these down. Number one, because the nature of God is gentle. The nature of God is gentle. And like the father and like the son, the Holy Spirit will never force himself upon you. You must ask. If you're, if you're here today and you're saying, well, I don't know if, if, if I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, then probably the answer is no. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean you're not saved. That doesn't mean you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. And that does not mean you're not making it into heaven. There is this asking that he is encouraging through scripture. Are you with me? We must ask. Number two, why do I need to ask for the Holy Spirit? Because it was God's will that we receive the Holy Spirit. God has this gift, this gift of his spirit that he wants to share with you. And he has asked us to ask for it. It's like a gift. I mean, just you think about good things that come from God. These gifts that are made available to us. Why or how could it be that we wouldn't want this gift that God is offering to us, his presence, God, the spirit with us. Why does God want us to receive the Holy Spirit? Listen, friends, just because something is offered, it doesn't mean that we have received it. If I said, hey, I got 10 bucks for you, I need you to come up to the stage and, and come and receive it, but you got to come and pick it up. You have to make that faith effort to come up and receive what God has, has given you. And this is the same with God the Spirit. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14 says this, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessings he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive, listen friends, we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Faith, if I can remind us friends, is an action word. Faith, faith is, is, is not uh, um, a patiently waiting Faith is us reaching out to receive. And it's most demonstrated, friends, through obedience. If you want to see a faithful person, you're looking at an, an obedient person. Someone who you see doing amazing things in God is someone who has said yes to God time and time again. Obedience is birth through faith. Faith is an action word. Listen, um, this... Why is this something that we need to ask for to be received? Listen, because it was a promise gift of Jesus. Why wouldn't we want that gift of Jesus? Number three, why do we need to ask? Because our, our lives need lordship. Our lives need 
lordship. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 16 through 18. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I'm actually going to be preaching on this in a couple of weeks. Verse 16 says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. How many of you experienced that when you came to Jesus, like the blinders came off, right? The, the, the veil was taken away. We could see Jesus clearly. So whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Listen, friends, for the Lord is the spirit. The Lord is what? The Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can you say amen to that? The Lord is spirit. And so where the Lord is spirit, there is freedom. So if you're ever seeing someone who is walking in bondage, the Holy Spirit is probably not Lord of their life. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is powerful. We are in the Holy Spirit age. This is the age we are living in, in the Holy Spirit age. God the Father created. He created mankind. And we know from Genesis, God would come and walk amongst men. He would walk in the cool of the evening in the garden with Adam and Eve. He, his presence was available to them. When sin came and broke that relationship between God and man, there, there was this period where we only got to see glimpses of God through his glory. We got to see, to, to see his manifest presence as he would allow us to see it. But then Jesus comes. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to this earth, was born as a man, reveals God's nature to us through his person, was crucified, resurrected, and ascended where he is now. Then the Holy Spirit comes. 2,000 plus years ago, the Holy Spirit has been reigning here on earth. Listen, friends, we are in the Holy Spirit age, and we need lordship. Do we think that God would not send himself in a form so that we can do as we like, whenever we like, however we like? God, the Spirit, is Lord. And if we are going to walk this walk in the way that God has designed us to walk it, we need lordship. We don't get to live out in licentiousness. And sometimes we read that word freedom and we're like, yeah, you know, we get to live free. We get to, you know, God loves us. You know, we're, you know, I I can kind of do what I want and repent and just know where the spirit of the Lord is, where the Lord is spirit. There is freedom. What kind of freedom are we talking about? Yes, we are talking not just religious freedom, freedom from sin. The power of sin that was broken through the resurrection was demonstrated or was only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Scripture tells us it's that same power that lives with inside of us. And so if that spirit broke the power of sin and death through the resurrection of Jesus, it's also the spirit that causes us to live free from sin. Listen, friends, this is this. I know this is like deep water. I'm going to preach on it in a couple of weeks. We have to know that this is what Holy Spirit does. He is Lord. And if we say the Holy Spirit is in us and we're walking with Jesus, then sin should no longer have the grips on our lives that it does. This happens through conviction and through deep revelation of truth. And what is Conviction. Conviction is not just feeling guilty for something after you've done it. Conviction is God, the spirit raising up as Lord in your being before you commit a sinful act. I mean, I heard someone once say that, you know, that the Holy spirit is Jiminy cricket right on your ear. Like always let your conscience be your guide. No, he is not Jiminy cricket. He is God. He is God. He is not, he's not this little cricket in your ear saying, no, I wouldn't do that if I was you. He is God. And when God speaks, God's people respond. If he is Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, freedom from sin. Then we don't walk into that because we are allowing God to be Lord in our lives. Are you with us, friends? Under his lordship, we no longer have the right to our own truth because he leads us to all truth. Number four, 
because we need the Holy Spirit in our endeavor to be like Jesus. This is why we ask to receive the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to endeavor to be like Christ. It should be the goal of every believer to be like Christ. We are being conformed into his image, God's one true son. We have been adopted into this family to reflect this son's nature, his glory being shown on our lives. And so we need God the Spirit for that. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals Christ to us. How does the Holy Spirit do that? Through scripture. These scriptures were penned through the power of the Holy Spirit. No other power, but through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us through scripture, through visions. How many of you have had visions? Through dreams. How many of you have had dreams? Through prophecy. And listen, friends. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us through transformation. Transformation. How many of you have ever seen a transformed life and you're like, man, only God could do something like that? Now listen, behavior modification is something very different. Because without God the Spirit, we can follow the rules. We can cross the T's and dot the I's and we can have this form of, of godliness, but the Bible says you can have a form of godliness, but deny the power. And it's that power that comes from the Holy Spirit. That power is what transforms. So we can go through religious activity. We can say, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I have repented for my sins. I have accepted Christ as Lord of my life. If you have accepted Christ as Lord of your, of your life, then you also need to accept the power of the Holy Spirit that he has given to you as a gift to continue that lordship in your life. And when that Holy Spirit is given, we have this ability to be transformed. Transformation is not something that we can conjure up on our own. Transformation is not something that happens because we stop doing something or we start doing something. It means God has done something. Number five. Why do we need to ask to receive the Holy Spirit? It's because we need proximity with God. We need connection with God. We need to be in his presence. We were, we were never designed to not be in connection with God. We were never designed to not be with God. And Jesus said, it's actually better that I go and that he come because Holy Spirit is omnipresent. When Jesus revealed himself on the earth, he was a man who, who revealed himself to the ancient Palestine uh, uh, people. And he was under Roman control and, and revealed himself to a very obscure people. And then the Holy Spirit comes. And the ability to reach all men, every nation, every place was once again um, the truth for, for an omnipresent God. We need proximity with God. And we need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not seated in heaven where we need to reach up. He is here now. His presence with us. In the beginning, God walked amongst men. Jesus walks amongst men. Holy Spirit is available to walk amongst men. Holy Spirit, the paraclete, is active and the living presence of God. He is the active and living presence of God. How could we not? want to be in proximity with God, the spirit. When we have the Holy spirit's presence, we have his comfort. When we have the Holy spirit's presence, we have his peace. And when we have the Holy spirit's presence, listen, friends, we have his power. We have his power. This is what has been given as a gift to us from God, the son. Jesus says, as God the Father has given, me, given you me, I, in turn, give you the Spirit. Holy Spirit, tangible for us to receive. I think the question that I wanted to leave this morning was, do you want to receive? Have you asked? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit to reign in your life and over your life.
see so many Christians wrestling with things that I think would be settled quickly if the Holy Spirit was allowed access to, to be Lord. I see so many churches struggle. And I think those struggles would be broken if, if, the whole, if the church would allow Holy Spirit to be Lord. It doesn't mean licentiousness. It doesn't mean, you know, we just become this free, willy-nilly people. This means that God is still in control. A.W. Tozer said this. He says, if the Holy Spirit left the early church, the early church, the first century church, 95% of what they did would stop. But if the Holy Spirit were to remove himself from the church today, 95% of what we do would still continue on. That's a, a pretty sobering thought. I don't want us to think about church service. I want us to think about we the church. If the Holy Spirit removed himself from Peter, James, John, the apostles, and all that we see happening in the book of Acts, 95% of what they did, not church service, 90% of how they function would have stopped. They preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. They healed in the power of the Holy Spirit. The miracles that were performed, the, the, the prayers, everything that they did was under the power of the Holy Spirit. 95% of what they did would have stopped. What about us? A lot of us were, were reliant on, 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 the, on the doctrines of, of Scripture. We're reliant on, well, I know this first, I know that first, and, 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 and we, can, we can be gifted in different ways so we can make it. But is it under the power of the Holy Spirit? I think we should be desperate for the Spirit of God like we were desperate for salvation. His life. He, he, was, he was meant to fill us so that we can have the fuel to walk out all that God is calling us to. If we're lacking fuel, and I know fuel is expensive right now, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. And we should be asking for Him because He is God because he was a gift, because it's a privilege to be filled with God the Spirit. Would you guys mind standing with me this morning? Many times there's a, um, there's a pressure when speaking about God the Spirit for a demonstration. The Often, Vanessa and I, we're, we're, we're going to minister somewhere coming pretty soon. And uh, they've asked if we can minister on the person of the Holy Spirit, but they also want some practical, you know, outer workings of what that means. And sometimes there's a pressure. You speak on God the Spirit, and, you know, we've got to start prophesying. We've got to start laying hands on people. We've got to start doing, you know, the miraculous to show the church, hey, God the Spirit is still moving. I don't believe there's a greater demonstration of the Holy Spirit moving more than transformed lives. Dead things coming back to life. This is what God does. This is a transformation power of the Holy Spirit. Dead things coming back to life. The resurrection power came through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ to us. We respond. Our lives transform. This is the demonstration. Friends, we need to allow God, the Spirit, to continue to transform so that the world can see the power. I think when we look at the Old Testament, we see the lame man walk, a city comes to know Jesus. <laughs> we, we, we see all these miraculous things, and, and, the, and the fruit of that is salvation. 
I believe if your world saw a transformed life, the fruit of that for other people would be salvation. What a powerful thing. I believe the Lord wants to start a new transformation. Uh, Gavin led prayer this morning with, with Ange, and, and he was talking about a wineskin, and I really believe that that was something prophetic, even for what I was going to be speaking today. Each of us carries this capacity in God, and we allow God to fill that capacity with, his, with himself, God the Spirit. Many of times the capacity that we bring to contain the Holy Spirit that we have is limited by our revelation of who he is. And so if you have room for this much Holy Spirit in your life, that's how much you're going to get. Because again, God's a gentleman. But if you say, Lord, I want more, then that capacity grows. And God will fill that. And then you say, God, I want more. That capacity will grow because God gives to those who ask. But if, if, if the things of the Spirit aren't attractive to you or the things of the Spirit, you're ignorant to them, and, and I'm not using that as a bad word. It's just not knowing. You know, if, 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 if they're minuscule, then we're not going to ask for more. And what I'm trying to do here today is, is, is establish some doctrinal foundation is God has so much more, and this is why we need to receive the Holy Spirit. But what we were praying today is about a wineskin, and when you have this capacity that has been stretched out, like it can't contain any more, then guess what? We need a new wineskin. A new wineskin that can contain all that God wants to place inside of us. God wants to give, you, give us more. He wants to give you more. But that only happens if you can ask God for an exchange. Lord, I've been limited in my capacity for the Holy Spirit in my life. I've been limited maybe by doctrinal understanding of the Holy Spirit in my life. I read scripture. I see all these amazing things. I don't know how that applies for my life. I love you, but I don't know how it applies to me, and I'm not sure that I want it. God says we have to ask. And this is what I want to lead to today. If you guys wouldn't mind closing your eyes. I don't know the interactions you've had with God the Spirit. Maybe you've had, had some abuse in the areas of the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And so you've seen things about the Holy Spirit that maybe aren't attractive, that you're not comfortable with. And so because of that, you've taken a step back and said, Lord, I don't know if I want all of that and all the, the speaking in tongues and all of those you know, things that are mysterious to me. I don't know. But because of that, I've limited my desire for who you truly are. Friends, the Holy Spirit is not limited to a gift called tongues. The Holy Spirit is God and he is Lord. And yes, a gift that comes along with who he is, is one of them. One of the, one of the obscure gifts is called tongues. But there's so much more. And it's not about the gifts. We, don't, we shouldn't desire the gifts. We should desire him. More of him. More truth revealed. More of his lordship in our life. More of his empowerment. More of his goodness. More of his transformation. If you would like to respond to that, I'm going to just ask you to, in faith, just raise your hands to the Lord. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I just, and then I would love for you to give the Holy Spirit an invitation in your life today. More, Lord. We ask for more. We ask for more, God. We ask for a people who truly will be a people who are led by the Spirit. Spirit-led people who will walk in conviction, spirit-led people who will walk in power, spirit-led people who will walk in conviction, spirit-led people who are, who are being transformed because of the revelation of Jesus Christ that comes through the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for, for, for an unleashing of your spirit upon every son and every daughter in this place. I pray will we no longer be, be shunned away from from who you are, from your presence. I pray we will no longer shun, be, uh, shun away any of, of your um, demonstrations of power that we might be fearful of, God. I pray we will no longer be uncomfortable with the things that, that your scriptures have told us. Follow those who walk in the Spirit. 
May we truly be led by your spirit. And may your lordship reign in our lives so that true freedom can come because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. I just really believe that the rejection of the Holy Spirit It's what stunts many, most Christians. It stunts our growth. It stunts, it stunts our ability to operate in power. It stunts so much. And this is a gift offered to you again and again. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give Jesus praise. I just got a picture of shot glasses. Um, and the Lord's been talking to me about being limited in our own might and our own strength. And he has been talking to me about pouring himself into us. Um, or he has taught me through that. Like, that's the scenario in my mind, or that's the picture in my head about him filling us up. And I got this picture of a shot glass that, that we know that there's a river. <clears throat> Excuse me. We know that there's a river. And so we take our little shot glasses. This is not a shot glass. It's a regular glass. But we take our, little our, vessel. our little vessels, and we go to the river, and we go, shh. And we and then we take it back home, and then as it, you know, as it, we go home, it kind of spills over, and then we end up coming home to, to the places of where we live, and it's empty again. And God's just saying to me, I believe he's saying this, let go of that shot glass, and just put your freaking head in the river. Just suck that sucker up so that you're full overflowing. We, we, put the, we limit the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's limitless. Right. And so he said, oh, I'm so tired. I can't go on. The Holy Spirit's like, you haven't even come to the river. Come back to the river, stick your head in the river, and suck it all up until you're overflowing and full, until you're about to vomit. And I just think we got to get rid of these vessels. God's like, come and drink from the jug. Come and drink from the river. I'm here. And unless we acknowledge that, we're not going to see ourselves in a new wineskin. We're not going to see ourselves as new. And so what he's actually saying to us even now, and I believe the Holy Spirit saying this now, is you got to get rid of your old mindset. Because we think we're limit, we're limited. And the Holy Spirit says you're not limited. So I'm going to try this again. Let's raise up our hand. Let's close our eyes. And if that's you, I want you to imagine yourself in your mind's eye going to the river, putting your head in the water, and drinking 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 and drinking. Do you see yourself there? Then I want you to say, wow, Lord, I'm full. So now I feel like I just want to step into the river now and just know who you are and get to know you in my everyday life. And I'm going to stand in the river. So you walk into the river two feet, three feet, and now you're up in your thighs. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, no, 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 no. There's still more of me. You're not only full, but now you're, you're, I'm surrounding you. I want your whole body to be dunked in me. I want your whole life, everything about you, to be dunked in this water so that you can live and you can, you can be with me all the days in your life. That is the difference, my friends, between being limited and actually living in the limitless it's a whole brand new way of thinking. It's saying to the old mindset, no, 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 you're, you're way too small. So Holy Spirit, even now, as we're lifting up our hands, we say we want to walk in this river. We want to jump in this river. We want to drink and be filled by you. Holy Spirit, come. And I'm not demanding, Holy Spirit, that you come. You're already here. But Lord, we need you. You are a helper. You are a comforter. You are the God of peace, and we need you. So, Lord, we let go of that little wine glass or shot glass, and we ask, God, to be one with you in the river. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
I think the tricky thing about God the Spirit is most people preach about what he does and not necessarily who he is. So I, I wanted to lay a foundation for us to understand who he is, as we did with Jesus, as we did with God the Father. So when we know his nature, then our connection with him can, can be that much sweeter, that much or deep understanding. And so, yes, um, hey, we have to take our offering. So if you guys have your offering today, I would just love for you guys to, um, why don't you guys grab something that represents your finances? If it's a wallet, it's a purse. If it's your phone, because a lot of you use your phones for money. Um, Lord, we are, are so thankful to be able to give into your kingdom. Lord, we are such a blessed people. Lord, to, to live in this nation, even those of us who might not feel like we have much, God, we, we are so rich amongst so many others on this planet. And Lord, how, how blessed are we that we just find ourselves here in the richest nation in the world. And you have asked us for a portion. And we want to love you in this area of our life. We want to trust you in this area of our life. And so we give freely because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you can give digitally online if you, if you can use that um, code there. Or you, um, Eli is there and you can uh, give a physical offering in the basket there. So, hey, today we do have our All Saints meeting. So if you are a leader um, or you would love to come and be a part of it, we would like to invite you to come and be a part of that. This is our, our All Saints meeting is an envisioned leadership meeting that we have once a month. And so you're invited to come back here at one. We release you, go grab some food, come back. And then we are going to have a, a meeting to, uh, where we just lay out some things that we are going to be doing in the near future to envision you to be a part of that. So come back. We would love to see you all there. Other than that, we love you. Have a great day, and we'll see you guys soon.